Hey friends, well, after a long and for many of you cold winter, are you ready to bring the spirit of the islands into your home? Look no further than Home Threads, where comfort meets coastal living. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a collection inspired by the tranquility of the beach. From breezy linens to stylish coastal decor, they've got everything you need to turn your home into a seaside retreat, and always at the best value. If you haven't been to the Home Threads website yet, you have to go check it out, see their beautiful bedding, everything they have for your kitchen, lighting, workspace, and a gift guide, which has something for everyone on your list. I'm thinking ahead to Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, and more. So visit homethreads.com forward slash Monica and get a code for 15% off your first order. Because whether you're on the islands or dreaming of the sea, Home Threads brings the beach to you. Home Threads, love where you live. Aloha and welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast. I'm Monica Swanson and this is episode number 26. So today we get to kind of finish something we started last week. Last week I had my good friend Wendy speak on with me and we did a series of practical parenting Q&As. We both get a lot of questions and I had put it out there on Facebook asking people to send in their questions for Wendy and I and we had a great time jumping in. If you missed episode 24, I encourage you to go back and listen. I've had a lot of great feedback from that and um, then I did do a quick Aloha Friday episode and if you didn't get to hear it, I do encourage you to go back to that one because that's the last Friday episode I plan to do for this fall and even through the holidays. Um, I explained more more about why over there. So I'm going to let you go back to listen, but I am going to be doing quite a bit of traveling this fall and even a little bit of international travel. I feel so fancy. Um, I don't do that very often, obviously, but I'll let you go back and listen to that one to hear about where I'll be and why I want to try to simplify life a little bit. I'm still hoping and planning to have these Tuesday episodes going even while I'm gone, trying to do some recording before I leave. But um, I thought Fridays might just push me a little bit too far out of my comfort zone. But beyond just hearing about my travels, um, I also encourage you to go over there because I'm offering a giveaway and it is via the show notes that go with episode number 25. And that was last Friday's episode. What I'm doing over there is I'm encouraging all of you, if you haven't, to come over and become a blog subscriber. There's a few reasons why, and again, listen to episode 25 to hear me shout out my own blog subscribers, but you guys, I have a wonderful community, um, thousands of people who I send an email to basically once a week. I never spam you. I won't share your email address, but I love to take good care of my subscribers. If there's anything coming up new, anything exciting, the subscribers are the first to hear. And what I'm trying to do is on Tuesdays, I send out a notification of any new podcast. So like this one goes into that email. So everyone knows when it's live. And then also if I have written a blog post, which I do still do occasionally, that goes into the email. And then I also love to share just some fun randomness. So I might share links to a recipe I found on someone else's site. I might share um, some photos or an Instagram that cracked me up from that week. So I try to keep them interesting and fun. And they're also just a way to connect with me. If you get an email from me and you hit reply and you send me a note, I almost always respond. So I do love to take good care of my subscribers. And you can always subscribe at monicaswanson.com forward slash subscribe. 
It's so easy. Also, if you go to monicaswanson.com, I have like places all over the place, like at the top, at the bottom, on the side. I try to make it really easy because subscribers are my favorite and I'm not afraid to say it. Um, But on Friday, I invited people to subscribe and then to go to the show notes for episode 25. Let me know you're a subscriber and I'm entering you to win a copy of Boy Mom, which I will be choosing the winner this Friday. So it's not too late. You can still go leave a message if you're already a subscriber. Fantastic. Just let me know that and you'll be entered to win and I figure Hopefully, many of you already have Boy Mom, but if you um, win a copy, it might be a great gift for a friend or somebody expecting a boy or whatever else. So anyway, I hope that you will do that. And again, catch up on that final, final Aloha Friday episode. And then hopefully in the new year, I'll be able to come back, whether it's Fridays or another day and share a second episode. I really have enjoyed doing those just because they're a little different and short. They were a lot of fun for me to bring my boys on. Um, But for right now, we'll keep our Tuesdays going. And I'm so happy about that. So I am excited to share Wendy and my conversation. We dive into some really um, important topics today. We talk about siblings and someone who wrote in and said that her twin sons despise one another. And that sounds so heartbreaking, but Wendy and I each shared a few words of encouragement. If you have kids that just do not get along and, um, some tips that we have, not that, um, We know it all, but we're doing our best to share the wisdom that we have learned over the years. Uh, We also talk about kids and healthy eating. What do you do when your kid doesn't want to make good food choices? So that was a great topic. And then we even touch on technology, which is every mom's favorite topic, right? Well, Wendy and I talk about that. Now, I want to mention that there's a few things that relate to our conversation that I didn't even bring up because it was just we were in the flow of the conversation. But I do have some posts that I want to link to in show notes that relate to siblings, that relate to healthy eating. Um, I have a whole chapter in my book on physical health. So hopefully you've read that one. And um, also that relate to technology. So if you go to show notes for today's episode, which will be found at monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 26, or you can always find them at just podcasts. Um, I will have some show notes with good links as well as anything Wendy and I mention, And of course, links to all the places you can find Wendy, because I know you want to follow her. She's amazing, doing awesome things. And she has a book coming out next month. So I will be bringing her on one more time to talk about her new book and how it relates to us as boy moms, because boy does it ever. Okay, guys, one more big thank you for the ratings and reviews. You make my day every time I see a new review come up. And I'm going to read you another one today because this blessed me so much. Um, This is by SJ Butter, but it's spelled B-U-T-T-R. I wish I could respond to these to thank everyone, but hopefully you're listening, SJ Butter, and you know how much this meant to me. Um, Her title was actually, I found your podcast and had to buy your your, I think, and then it was cut off. I guess it was too long, but I'm thinking she's saying your book. And she gave me five stars. Thank you so much. And this is what she said. Thank you so much for sharing your heart, sharing your wisdom and sharing your grace. You have changed so much of my perspective in parenting. Wow. That seriously could make me cry. I, that's so encouraging. I have one two-year-old boy and he is a ball of energy already using your tools for handling him and training him and focusing on the future with him. 
It all has helped me so much, and I honestly wish I could sit down and have a cup of coffee with you. For now, I will keep listening to your podcast. Also, I already finished your book, and I am recommending it to all my friends. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Wow, thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I actually have quite a few recent messages or recent reviews where people mention they feel like they're having coffee with me when they listen to the podcast and they wish they could really have coffee with me. And I want you to know, sincerely, I feel the same way. Um, I hope to one day meet all of you and I don't know how that will look, what we can do to make that happen, but certainly I do dream about hosting a retreat maybe in Hawaii, maybe in California, maybe wherever you live. I would love to um, really get to meet all of you in person. That's that's my heart. You can ask my husband. I talk about you like you're my friends. When I hear from you, I share your stories. I, um, I pray for you. I think about you all the time when I'm coming up with new topics. So anyway, I just want you to know that's very sincere. And if anything, I struggle because I want to write like long emails back to everyone. And sometimes I do. And my husband's like, I just don't think you have time for that. But it's a really hard thing for me to give up because it, it's my heart. Okay, so enough sappiness. And um, I'm going to let you listen in as Wendy and I talk once again. This recording between Wendy and I is a little sketchy. We both weeks had some troubles. Um, my good news is I have recorded other interviews since then and I had no problem. So I don't know. Maybe the enemy didn't want Wendy and I talking, but... I, we push through anyway, so if there's a few places where it gets a little funky or quiet, just know, um, sorry about that, but I kept everything in there because I just felt everything that Wendy shared was so important, and at the very, very end, it gets really bad. I mean, you can still hear us, but the recording part is a little fuzzy and not great sound, but hey, we're keeping it real. I'm not a perfectionist, and I don't have anybody helping me with these, so for now, hang in there, and I'll try to do better and better over time. Okay. Thanks guys. I appreciate you so much. Hope you enjoy this chat between Wendy Speak and I. Here we go. Okay. Well, Wendy, welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us again. Yeah, absolutely. This is fun. It is so much fun. I feel like we could just record these questions and answers all day long and we would both be learning a lot from each other as well. So these are, these are a lot of fun. Okay, well, today I'm narrowing in on a couple big hot topics that I think will um, be applicable to a lot of moms out there, a lot of families out there. And um, for all of you who might have missed the last episode, do go back and um, you'll get to learn a little more about Wendy as she introduced herself in the last episode. But I've got Wendy speak on and I'm really excited to hear from you, Wendy, on this first topic because it's it's a tough one. I know you and I have talked about this before, but we're going to talk about siblings um, as we continue answering some questions that people have sent in through Facebook and messaging here. Um we had a reader or a listener ask how to address negative attitudes between siblings and mm. why we say the meanest things to the people we love the most. Mm. Um, maybe we can just talk in a general way about some principles for helping siblings get along. Sure. Well, I'd, I'd, <laughs> love, to, I'd love to be a, a fly on the wall of talking about this one, too. <laughs> I'd love some yes. more great ideas. But um one, I think my go-to response when they were young is the same thing that we go to when they're older, which is just saying, hey, if anyone was being unkind to you, I would I would step in and I wouldn't mm-hmm. let that happen. 
So okay. when I see it happening at the home, I'm going to set, I'm going to step in. Yes. And the way that we deal with it is everybody go to your rooms. I mean, mm-hmm. these are, these are grown boys now, mm-hmm. but I've always loved the analogy of the boxing ring. When, when two kids are in the ring and they're swinging at each other with their words, so we're both coach and referee. The job of the referee is when things are getting out of hand and ding, 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 everybody go to your corners, right? So that they don't yes. hurt each other. And, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes we need to do that. We need to call everybody to their corners. Of course, not everybody has their own bedroom in, in many families. So it doesn't right. have to be literally your room, but hey, you can a be corner. at the kitchen table to finish your yes. schoolwork today. And you, you know, go to the room, play Legos, you know, do whatever you've got to do, but you can't be together because you're not being kind. So we separate right. the fighters. And then the job yes. of the coach isn't to to jump into the ring and start swinging too. The job of the coach is to stay on the outside <laughs> of those, of those ropes oh, and go so around good. to the corner and to lean over the ropes and to whisper into the ears of the fighters. Okay. Here's how you fight better. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. argue, not the sibling rivalry. This is how you do relationship better, Right. but you don't yes. need to join the fight. And so that, that image, uh, when the kids were little, I'm talking two, four and six years old, my three, um, right. that that's still how I try to deal with it. Now, just like we talked about last week, there's still a time when you're not having the problem to address these things. And one of my favorite scriptures sure. to go over with the boys is, um, that a brother was born for adversity mm-hmm. and you, you can link it in the show notes. I don't have mm-hmm. it at the top of my my head right now. But the idea of that is when there is an enemy advancing against you as a family, brothers were born to face that adversity side by side, shoulder to shoulder, fighting against others. It's not brothers were born for adversity. Let's fight each other. That's That's so key. Yeah. So these are some of the conversations we have when we're not fighting. Mm-hmm. So that when we do fight, I can remind them, this isn't why God gave you a brother. This isn't right. the point of a brother. The mm-hmm. point of a brother is to fight those who are coming against you, not fight one another. And so I always oh. come back. It's the practical thing we do is separate them. And sure. hopefully they'll feel the pain of separated from each other and come sure. back and try again the right way. But secondly, when you're Absolutely. not having the problem, talk about what a brother is for. What siblings are for. Yes. Oh, Those are a few I, of my thoughts. How about you, Monica? Yeah, no, I love that. And I will link to that verse in the in the show notes. I just think that's huge and, and really a, a, sh- a perspective shift for the kids when they begin to look at their brother that way. I think that's super key. And um, and also the, the other part of the question I actually didn't read, but this person who wrote in said, um, what are consequences when one child feels he or she has been wronged by another and it turns out everyone is being mean? And I think this is key just to go along with what you're saying is sometimes one of my sons says, you know, well, I don't think I did anything wrong. I don't think what I did was mean at all. But the point I bring up is that whether or not you feel what you've done was mean, if the other person 
did, if they felt that they were being wronged, if they felt offended by what you did, then it doesn't really matter what your perception was. What matters is that you make it right and go to that brother. And that's a biblical principle as well as you go to them and ask forgiveness before you do anything else, because you just want to be at peace at all times. And so whether or not it's just a, a life principle that we can teach them that it's not really about your perception. It's about have you offended or hurt somebody else? And now let's make things right um, for the sake of peace. I just think that's super important. Oh, I love that. One of the yeah. books that I wrote with Amber Leah is called Parenting Scripts. And there's some yeah. of just the short responses. And one of the chapters is on when the kids are always tattling on each other about mm-hmm. what they did. So-and-so did this. And my go-to response, and I know it's a popular response um, that people use for other things as well, but it's just, you need to do you, you do you. So you need to do you with excellence. And let me tell you, buddy, people will do wrong. People are going to do wrong to you. So Uh your response is the only thing that you have any control over. God has called us to a life of the fruit of his spirit in our lives. And one of the fruits is self-control. It never said brother's control. It doesn't say, (laughs) hey, abide in me, I'll abide in you, and you'll be able to control your brother. No, it says you'll be able to control yourself. So if he is hitting you, taking things, putting you down, making faces when mom's not looking, whatever the Mm -hmm. thing is, mocking Mm -hmm. you, stirring up angst in your life, you can't control that, but you can control your own response. 100%. So you must do that. And yes. let me, when the time is right to tell me, like, I mean, if there really is a problem, you can right. do that. I'll take care of him. You take mm-hmm. care of you. And exactly. it, it goes back to the same idea of, do, is there something you need to make right with a brother? Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. maybe your response to their wrongdoing was wrong. Yeah. And so you need to say, hey. Without mm-hmm. making it about, but you first, you know, just, hey, uh-huh. I shouldn't have responded to you that way. And then again, so when good. there's not the problem, let's deal with that thing that exactly that you were doing to me. And we're teaching them that as well. And of course, the lesson is the same for us, Monica, when our kids are doing wrong, right? Yes. We need to remember to not respond wrong, just like we want the siblings to learn to not react wrong when their brother does wrong, but they can stay and remain right with their own behavior. You do you and mom, yes. we need to do us right too. Yes, we we talk about that one all day long. My husband and I both are always just saying, "Don't worry about what it, what what anyone else is doing, what their consequences are or aren't." And Wendy, you and I have talked about this so much before, but just that it's not always going to appear fair to the kids. But you know what? You worry about you, and ultimately knowing that God is watching everything and He sees your heart, He knows the motivation of your heart. And if you can just focus on really honoring Him in how you treat others how you speak, the motivation of your heart. Focus on that so much because I'm just like, ultimately it's about God seeing your heart. And it's and yeah. that's a tough one when they're young to really wrap their brain around because they can't see that. But the more you talk about it and make it a reality that really, you know, that's, that's what's going to matter in the long run. And I think that they do begin to grasp onto that if you talk about it and you... Um, just remind them and and then tell them, hey, I see more than you think I see. And when you catch them doing right, encouraging that, building them up in that. And then like you said, of course, if there's something really serious, come talk to us. Let us know. We're on your side. But yes. in the meantime, you worry about you and we're going to coach you in what you need most. And trust us that we're going to be coaching the brother in what he needs most as well. So yeah, oh, not, not an easy one. No, Although this, no. 
not does easy to us- talk about it, but also not easy to live it. So we're we're still in the trenches with you guys. We really are. For sure. and this is this is the stuff we're working through. That's why these conversations are so real. Is because uh, we're we're still doing it. Absolutely. We certainly are. And and with the brothers issue, you know, my biggest recommendation, kind of like you said, when you talk about things outside of the heat of the moment, mm-hmm. the best suggestion I can give any family is to give the brothers enough time to build their relationship as friends so that when the mm-hmm. conflict comes, when the hard times come, um, they've got a bond of friendship. And, and I know that doesn't always come naturally or easily. I don't want to assume that every family has that coming easily. But I do think that by spending the time together, by doing shared activities, by just investing that time together as siblings, as the relationship builds, the conflicts will be less, or at least when they come up, they're going to handle them differently because they actually know each other. They're they're connected at a deeper level. So my best suggestion would be outside of the conflict to just build up that relationship the best you can. Um, yes. Which, unfortunately, we do have another question related to this. And though it's a difficult one, I don't want to avoid it because it's difficult. So I'm going to go ahead and dive in. And this was a reader who said that her twin 14-year-olds despise each other. Mm. And they have the same friends, but that sibling rivalry is breaking this mom's heart. And I, first of all, just want to say, I'm so sorry. I I feel your heart even as I read your words and I just want to say I'm really, really sorry because I'm sure that, you know, you've always dreamed that they would grow up being best friends and and I'd like to offer you hope that I do believe that can change. But um, to to say that they despise each other, it must be pretty rough. And so, um, Wendy, I don't know if you have any words of encouragement or suggestions for next <laughs> steps for this mom of 14-year-old twin boys. Yeah, we struggle very, very much um, with the brother relationships here in this home and the fact that they struggle most of all when there are friends around. So this mm-hmm. this does, this this it's the nail on the head for us. It's mm-hmm. gotten bad sometimes. My go-to response is until I can work on your friendship, not and other friends to distract mm-hmm. us from the, the struggles here. Sure. Because we'll have someone invite a friend over. And our kids don't necessarily share all, all their friends together. Mm-hmm. But if there's a friend there, there's huge meltdowns over whose friend it is and who gets to be involved in the play. I mean, I'm sure you, even with Levi being young and the mm-hmm. older boys, you know, they'll have someone, older. mom, I just wanted to hang out with him. Totally. He's um, following us everywhere. That's, that's, Yes, absolutely. Yes. So this can this can be applied to um, lots of scenarios, and that is the brother relationship, the sibling relationship. That's the number one relationship mm-hmm. when it comes to friendships. Mm-hmm. And when those go well, then let's enjoy others. But we don't want to go to friendships to fill in what's lacking at home. And so mm-hmm. if they, they can't work to have a friend over, um, with with a brother, then I say, well, then we need to not have friends over for a while, and you guys need to invest in your own sure. friendship. Um, yeah. And then if things are going really poorly at home, like it, this was near the end of summer, is usually when this happens, like they've had enough right. of each other. Uh-huh. Um, and they'll, well, can I go here and can I do that? I'll let them know absolutely, as long as things are going well at home, because we don't go. ever want to uh, leave each other 
because right. this is too hard and go make things happen. Right. Away In a way that's an escape. That's just escaping an issue at home for sure. Right. Right. Now, it doesn't mean that you're going to grow up and be best friends. And some of this is as simple as personality types. You know, if you have a, a kid that likes loud music and he likes lots of parties and always going, uh, we could we could have a whole episode on the Enneagram. You know, he's a he's a <laughs> yes, seven on the Enneagram. Just we give may. me the, all the fun. I do not want to miss out on anything. And then their brother is a five. Right. Who, which means just give me the, the textbooks and the comic books. And I want to learn all the things. And I want to sit and have these probing conversations about all these details. Right. And know that the, the, the music's too loud. There, yes. there are some relationships in the family. And again, last time we spoke, we talked about um, a child can feel a little bit like the rub of sandpaper against mm-hmm. you. His personalities can too. And so yes. siblings can have that. Mom and son okay. can have that. As iron um, sharpens iron. <laughs> <laughs> that's another way we're rubbing up against each other. Absolutely. Right. It is. Yeah, it is. that's definitely the friction there. Yes. Um so those those are the relationships that we need to invest in and not, like you said, Monica, um, find a form of escapism. This right. is too hard, so we'll do it this way. No, exactly. let's actually, it's kind of like I really want my kids to uh, learn to sit together and we're going to read a book aloud, but it's too hard, so I'll just give up that dream. Or I really right. want my kids to be able to sit with us in big church, um, if not every Sunday. Than one Sunday a month, but it's yeah. too hard. So I'm going to give up on that mm-hmm. or any number of things. This is one that you don't want to give up on that. Exactly. That sibling relationship. This has got to be an important, uh, an important part that we keep at so that Definitely. our kids learn to right. prioritize it. And, and I can say now that I have a son in college, it's been fun to hear from him because he actually feels like his relationships with his brothers really prepared him well. He said, you know, his roommate has a personality a lot like his younger brother. And so that's really helped to prepare him for getting along with a roommate who has a very different personality than his. But so I love to see how it actually does apply to life outside of the home later if they do the work of figuring out personalities and how to best get along and and make peace. So yeah, without always easy. sharing any names, I have told one of my children, maybe two of my children, <laughs> hey, if you can deal well and respond in love to this other person in our home, uh-huh. then you can do it with anybody. You can do you can anything. Do with anybody. <laughs> and it's the same going back to last that. week's conversation. If you can honor me, then mm-hmm. you can honor anyone. And mm-hmm. there's really something special about our families. Yes. This is where we prepare for life together. Yes. Lives that are separate from each other. Yes. Out into the world. But we learn it with each other. And it's not always comfortable. But we learn Definitely. it here. We sure do. I love that. And and I guess I do want to just return to that mom of the 14-year-old twins and just say, if ever there's a situation where um, it just seems super 
unusual, extreme, certainly by all means, reach out and find a counselor. Maybe, maybe there's something a little bit deeper. Maybe in that twin relationship, there was a time where there was some, some hurt that you didn't even know about outside of the home or in the home. Maybe there's some, some bitterness or resentment that needs to be dealt with. And and it might be as simple as dealing, um, talking to a third party about this. So I would encourage you if you're just really feeling like nothing is working, then sit down with somebody, look to a um, you know, your church or find a good Christian counselor to talk to, because sometimes these things can be worked through and you've got a few more years with these boys in the house that hopefully you can have um, better relationships being built. So, yeah, really good encouragement. Okay. Well, I'm going to hop to a completely different topic, but one that I know you and I both care a lot about as well, Wendy, and that is nutrition. We had somebody ask about um, helping kids make healthy eating choices. This reader has a 12-year-old who's struggling, and it's like a punishment, she says, to get him to even eat fruit. So um, the doctor reported that he has high cholesterol and triglycerides. Hey, Mm -hmm. I relate to you. I'm working on my cholesterol over here. But when we have kids that are dealing with true health issues that can be changed through their eating, how can we motivate them? Um, Wendy, you want to take a stab at that? And then I can do my best, too. Sure. I'm going to start with probably just the most obvious that any number of us would would uh, would start with, and that's just how we eat as a family, how we model it for mm-hmm. our kids. Sure. Um, I think that I'm not the only one that when I see someone struggling, I want to give them a win, right? And that win often looks like brownies or stopping for a Slurpee or whatever it is. And it turns out that that win for a number of reasons isn't actually a win for them. Mm -hmm. So one of the reasons why it's not a win is the obvious. It's not good for them to just ingest sugar, but also we don't want to train them to when they're struggling or when they are not struggling, when they're celebrating that we celebrate and we medicate with food. So there's just a whole lot there that we could focus on about mom's eating because we're the gateway. We're the gateway for so much in our home, but really we're the gateway for food and how our children's relationship with food gets started is how our relationship with food and how we relate to our kids with food. So, um, kind of, we have had to, because of some health issues here in our home, we've gone to a real whole foods based diet. Like Uh we eat, um, we eat, we're meat eaters. So we eat meat and we eat vegetables and then we have limited fruits. We have, I mean, we have fruit every day, but we do mostly fruits and vegetables at the dinner table as our main, as our main meal of the day. Uh Um, I have a kid who has had to be grain free Mm. Um, and a couple that aren't. So we do sandwiches for the kids that are not grain-free at lunchtime. And we do meat roll-ups and some fruit for the kid who is. Mm-hmm. And for breakfast, I make a lot of egg dishes. Um, and that's the way that we've learned to eat. Now, I had to learn to do it because my go-to was sugary cereals and all the things that we grew up on in sure. our generation. Yes. And, you know, Pop-Tarts were an actual food group when I was <laughs> right. growing up. So yep. I've had to, I've had to learn to cook differently rather than just, why do you only want cookies? You got to eat mm-hmm. this first. No, let's right. just, let's feed them what we want them to eat. 
exactly. and then if if they're if they're 12, 13, 14 years old and we've had a decade or more of feeding them the wrong stuff, maybe it's one of those conversations we need to start having which is, "Hey guys, I didn't set you up for success here. We're going to as a family make some uh we're going to make some new decisions." And that leads me to probably the best piece of advice that I ever got when I had to take some things out of my child's diet years ago because of ADD. Um, I was told whatever you ask your child to do, do it for the family. Oh, so while I wow. did say one of my children is grain free and not the others, we yeah. are mostly grain free, but I have a couple athletes and they just need more carbs to, you know, right. burn. Sure. So we, I've done that. So if we're not going to have sugar in the house or we're not going to have whatever in the house, I've done that uh-huh. as the way that I cook for the family. Oh, that's so good. I love that. And that takes some commitment on the part of the parents too, which isn't always yeah. easy. Yeah. I love that. Well, I think that's super good. I also just think that talking about it, I think as kids get older, they can understand more than we realize. And I mean, my goodness, you look at the things they're learning in school, we can give them a simple explanation of what what cholesterol is. Um, you know, what is this word triglycerides? And and we can, and if you don't know, you can just go on Wikipedia or look it up. It's it's out there, lots of information. And I encourage moms to become educated enough to educate your kids because if they understand that that heart attack that they heard so-and-so's grandparent had or that their own, you know, relative had, that heart attack, though, there's, you know, some of this may be genetic. Some of this is just part of the the broken world we live in. There are some things you can do starting at a young age to give yourself the best chance at not having a heart attack one day. And this is what an artery is. And this is what clogged arteries are. And you can give them this simple explanation with the hope that they're going to understand, you know, connect the dots between how they're eating today and the lifetime that they have ahead of them. And I think sometimes just giving them, you know, pull out paper and pen and draw a picture, show them what that looks like. And um, I think sometimes that can be very effective. Yes, absolutely. And I think because absolutely. my husband's a, a doctor and he works And with you're people, a homeschool mom. So. I'm a homeschool mom. My husband's a doctor. <laughs> and he, yeah, but he sees so many end-of-life situations that he's thinking, you know, this could have been avoided. And so he's yeah. a little bit more passionate even than I am about saying, you know, sons, do you understand what you're eating fuels your body? And if you're not fueling it well, you're not going to perform as well. You're not going to feel as well. You're not going to sleep as well. And also, let me talk to you about some of these end-of-life things. So it's a good conversation and an important one. And no, we don't want to scare our kids, but, you know, sometimes scaring them a little bit isn't all bad either. So that's right. Oh, yeah. Tough one, but an important one. Okay, so we're going to wrap up with one more question because, Wendy, I'm I'm determined to get a couple boy mom questions out of you at the end. And and this one is, is big enough for a series, if not one episode. But we had a reader ask about um, boundaries with devices. And um, this this reader was frustrated, said she had taken away devices completely and um that her boys seem much nicer, even just a short time off of devices. And I think that um, this is really tough because sure, we could remove all devices. Although when I've had moms say, you know, oh, my kids don't have any devices. I think what they mean is they don't have maybe their own smartphone, but really devices are part of our world. They are, if your kids go to school, they're going to face, you know, some 
kind of computers, um, devices at school. It's going to be in the workplace. I personally don't believe in completely keeping my kids off of screens, you know, but how can we set some boundaries there that are healthy? Um, that's a, that's a good question for all of us. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I love how it's phrased too, like the boundaries. And yeah. I think that this, this question is actually when you and I started to talk about doing a series like this of just fielding yeah. these questions, because we can hear talk on the subject of the evils of eating too much sugar or the evils of, of, um, not doing a family devotion time together or the evils of, you know, and we can agree, okay, we shouldn't have too much screen time, but can we just kind of throw out some ideas on how to do boundaries on how to cook that way? And so this is, that's, that's why we called it practical parenting. So now we're just going to get practical about some of the things that, the Swansons and the Speaks have done um, in our homes. So here are a couple of the boundaries that, that we have. Phones or tablets all get charged and left in our bedroom. They're all in our room, not in the kids' rooms. And are you talking at night or or in general? It starts with at night. Okay. And they, they should be in there by 830 or sure. so. I mean, if you wanted to do it earlier, whatever, but they, our kids don't really get access to them until later. So there's no need to run to it in the morning. So here's our first boundary of the day. We don't, and I try to do this for myself as well. You don't open the phone until you've opened the word of God. And the Love way it. that I say it to my kids is the phone is a portal to the world. Mm. And the, the Bible is a, a portal to the word. The word made flesh, that's Jesus. And so who is I, who is it that I need to go to first? Who do, who is it? Who do I need to go to first thing in the morning? Do I need to find out who liked my post yesterday? Uh Do I need to see what so-and-so has to say via email or on Facebook? Or do I need to know what the Lord has to say to me to get me started in the right way? So I, this is, this is my own personal boundary that Mm -hmm. if the boys choose it for themselves or not in life, and I hope they do, this is what I'm expecting in our home. There's no need to go grab your phone, but the reality is unless they have a school day where they are actually going away to school, that's followed by an activity. So they're going from school to water polo practice. Mm -hmm. If they have something like that, then I encourage them to take their phones. And I say encourage, but I'm really allowing them. Yeah, yeah. But if it's just my younger kid that's going to school and there's a phone there in the main office and I'm picking him up right after, he doesn't need his phone. And so it stays in the room forever and always, all day long until he comes home. He's finished his homework. He's had time reading a good book. And if all of the things that are our priorities beyond devices are Mm -hmm. done, then go yeah. grab your phone, make a phone call, text your wow. friends. Wendy, um, that's, so that's good. I'm impressed. That's some, that's pretty radical, I think, for today. And I like yeah, it. I think it is too. However, my, my high schooler goes to school three days a week and has activities after school. So he always takes his phone now, except right. if, he, if it was a late night and he didn't set his alarm early enough and he didn't get up and spend some time with the Lord. And he doesn't do a long devotional. Uh-huh. Um, at least he's not doing one that I see very long. <laughs> He's doing a a short thing. Um, So there's time for him to do that and go grab his phone. Uh, But we have another one, which is for school, 
the kids need to have all A's and B's Mm -hmm. and um, no missing assignments, which if you have three kids with all various um, (laughs) ways that ADD presents, Uh that's a really, really hard one in our house. So that's probably checking in with the Lord in the mornings. That's easy. Having all A's and B's with no missing assignments, that caveat is a really big one, is really hard for my three boys. But But how great. What a motivator. I mean, I love that you tie the two together. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been telling them, listen, you're 11, 13, and 15. You don't have to have this. This is not an inerrant right that you just get it because you were born and you're breathing oxygen. Yeah. This is, you won't be able to have a phone and pay your bills for that phone when uh-huh. you're a grown up if you don't get your job done. So this is getting right. your job done. Oh good. That's basically paying for it right now. You may you may check yeah. in on your devices. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. I love that because it really is putting the ball in their court. It's saying, you know, if you're doing all the right things, then then you're responsible enough to handle this. And yes. so I think it's really helpful to kind of give them a sense of control over it. And if they don't get it, then they have to own that too and know that they actually put themselves in that position. So those are whatever it might be in my chapter in Boy Mom um, about technology, I share some of the different things I've heard of, but you know, some moms have their kids exercise for a half hour um, for every 30 minutes of screen time or, you know, read a book for 30 minutes, whatever it might be, whether it's a checklist each day, I think the more organized we can be with things like that. And again, that's a topic that comes up a lot is just being prepared in advance, but having that list so that you're not just like, um, no, you can't have the phone. I'm not sure why just right now. No, which is also not too many. It it can't be too many, this, this, and this, because that's not even practical. Right. And then we're always throwing more things at it. But one of the things that I've done sometimes when it gets a little out of hand is I'll write out the list of these three things. You know, Mm -hmm. did you spend time with the Lord today? Did you right. have a successful day at school? You have all A's and B's and no missing assignments. Right. Have you read, yep. you know, for 30 minutes? Those are like our three things. I don't think I mentioned that last one. And I'll have it there next mm-hmm. to the charging station. So when they go up and they're ready to grab their phone, it's just a reminder. Oh, did I do those three things? Those are the three. So I've kept it really really so good and so objective it's not like this is how I feel today I'm grumpy so I'm going to say no it's actually just very objective these three things yeah ah and then that is try to keep the the consequences you know we've talked about currency what's their currency and Mm -hmm. there are lots of moms and dads that no matter what the offense it's like you're losing your phone you like that's our ghost to that's our (laughs) go-to threat and and everybody's like yeah right but I I think that we, even though that is a form of, a very strong form of currency, mm-hmm. um, I also want to raise my kids where they feel like they have some control in their lives, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that when we're constantly yanking things that belong to them, that can be hard for them to yeah. feel yeah. a sense of control. And I think that comes out in different ways where they treat their brothers with the same kind of you're going to lose this. You can't have that, you know, because we right. sometimes do that with them, but that's probably a conversation for another day. I did <laughs> want to um, mention though, what we've done with social media because they are, they are still young, but I know that lots of kids yes. in this culture oh, today yes. started Please their speak. Instagram accounts when they were nine, you know, so. Yes. Um, yes. Share away. My, well, this is still in, you know, we, it's still morphing because we still have kids who are growing okay. up. Um, yes. The plan yes. wasn't 
Okay. The plan originally was that my kids weren't going to have phones until they went to junior high and had a lot of activities. And then at that point, they were going to be texting and calling devices. So they don't right. have um, internet access on their phones just right. because I don't trust the world to keep them safe. I don't, I don't trust the world. Like they go Great do a Google search it. for She-Hulk. Uh, you know, is there a female version of Hulk? I heard my friends talking about it at school and they do a Google search for She-Hulk and basically soft porn <laughs> pops up oh, of a girl, you know, in a, in a in very little clothes yeah. that's all green. Uh -huh. I don't know. But I mean, it yep. can be that simple. Not even their curiosity going and looking for things. Just the world. Yes. Can't trust the world. Yes. Um, so that. we have, we have computers at home. They, and, and mm -hmm. they can use those. Now we encourage them to use their computers for searches in our family area rather than yeah. in their rooms. So that's another, well, that's a device too. Um, right. and then for social media, I said, when they get to junior high, they can have an Instagram account. However, it's on my phone. So it's really right. my account for them. Yeah, yeah. And if mm -hmm. they've done all the things, they can grab my phone and, and check in on it. However, when sure. there are requests for friends to follow, um, uh -huh. for the first, for the really all through junior high, and I have a junior higher who doesn't want one. He said there's just too much temptation out there. So he's chosen not oh. to. Um, but my high schooler, he would like to have it on his phone. And I was going to mm -hmm. transfer it to him in high school. But there have been so many people that have sent him messages either that have been inappropriate like hey be my friend and he'll hit on it and it's a nude shot um Ugh. or he had someone yeah. reach out and say hey dude i'm selling these vapes um reaching out to see if you want to buy one and uh, so i just said listen if this is Man. still the way that the world's coming after you can we just leave it on my phone for a while and he said yes yeah. but i'd like to have it and so I said, this was just a recent conversation. Okay, let's figure out what this transition is going to look like. Like maybe mm -hmm. you don't accept friend requests without me. Yeah. I mean, you're 15, so sure. you're still a kid. Um, yeah. But I want to pass the baton in a way that's keeping him safe. So my right. youngest kid, who's very involved in sports, this is the way that this is something that the kids on his team do together is they have Instagram uh, accounts and they tag each other and they they show all each other's great shots and stuff like this so I joke yeah, yeah. my it's my Instagram account for him um and he's right. like no it's mine mom but but I go through any friend request uh with him and I said do you do you know this person oh yeah they go to my school oh yeah they're on the team and we accept him oh no I don't know that person right. and he just knows I'm not accepting anything I'm yes. not going to hit on it I'm not going to try to figure out who they are so right. that's what we do. Yes. And that's it oh, right I, now. I love it. And I love that it's an ongoing conversation, too, because as things come up or you discover a new challenge or a new temptation, then we might need to change things. But I love um, and I had the podcast episode I'll link to in the show notes with Ruth chose Simons about technology yes. and, and some of the principles that she recommended, because again, if we share too many of the specifics for our family, it may not be the same in your family. It may not work the same way depending right. on the child and the circumstances, but certainly the principles do apply and having these conversations that aren't just one time and one set of rules and that's the end, but let's, let's continue to talk about it. What are your needs and, and showing 
like I love that you really showed Caleb respect in that, that you would say, well, I want to hear what, why you want this. What do you want? Now let's come up with a plan for how it's going to look and how we can do this in a way that's honoring your growing, you know, desire to have some independence and yet keeping you safe at the same time. So that's super important. Yeah, absolutely. And and then I always go back to the principle that I share over and over, but I just am such a believer in reminding our kids of all the things they can do without any limitations. And and the point is that, you know, it's so easy to feel like we're just saying no all of the time or setting rules and boundaries because things like devices need boundaries. We we must, a good parent Absolutely. will set boundaries, but that yet there are things like running around outside, climbing that tree, going, um, you know, doing your sports, reading a book, painting a picture, you know, exploring things in nature. There's so many things that I say, hey, have at it, you know, other than be home by dark. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold you back here. And so I think it's good for kids to realize there's plenty of things out there they can do without us harping on them and setting a bunch of rules. And the more they enjoy those things, the less they're really drawn to needing those devices and being pulled into the world of technology because they're discovering so much beauty outside. Oh, I love it. You know, one of the, one of the things that I say each year when I go on my 40 day social media fast and we can maybe Mm -hmm. link link people to that um, in the show notes. Every Lent, I take 40 days off social media and um, Mm. encourage my kids to join me. I'll let you know how that goes after after this next round of Lent. It goes so well last time, but um, Uh I'm not making them do it. But (laughs) one of the things that I often think is that devices are divisive. They divide Mm. us from Mm -hmm. so many of the things that matter most in our lives. So our most intimate relationships with one another. Yes. When there's a phone in our face and we're trying to have a conversation, they're divisive. If if you don't have a good boundary set up to, to stay close to the Lord, you know, how many of us say, I'm just too busy to do a Bible study. But if you check your back end of your phone, Mm. you can find, Oh, I was on social media for an hour. 37 minutes together. My Bible study oh my usually takes me 20 minutes. So, do so I, am I really too busy? Devices yep. are divisive and devices can divide us from getting outdoors, going for a walk, meeting a friend for um, coffee so, and doing yep. so many other, doing so many other things. So yeah, oh. it's called the 40 day social media cast and you can find out more at wendyspeak.com forward slash social media. I think so we'll, 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 um, we'll link we'll to it. Link there. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yes. Go to the show notes. We'll link to it. No, that is so important and so huge and such an important conversation. I think more and more, you know, whether it's lying in bed next to your husband at night, both of you scrolling on your phones, which... I know that my husband and I can be guilty of too. Like you said, even when you don't think you're busy, if you do look at those little reports you get on your phone and you discover how much time you actually spent, sometimes it can be surprising. So, oh, Wendy, this is such good stuff. Um, But before we sign off, I would love to just hear from you some personal fun questions I like to ask my guests, Um, boy mom questions. So if you're okay with that, I would love to shoot a couple your way. Sure, sure. We like to hear about one um, just boy mom necessity, something that you use on the daily or at least close to it, but something that you can't imagine living without as a boy mom in any category goes for this. 
Oh, good. Every, any category. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say it's a word. It's the word yes. The word yes uh, is one that I find boy moms need to intentionally keep on hand. Uh, they can mm. run in short supply because there's so much behavior that needs correcting and yeah. so, so much sibling rivalry, so much too much screen time, you know. So yep. to find ways to say yes. Hey, mom, can I? Yes. Can, but can oh. we? Yes. Oh, uh, I so I would that. say it's the word yes. Oh, and kids just love to hear that word, especially because, like we said, there has to be so many no's that yes, yes. beautiful yes without anything after it, like yes, but just yes. Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> well, and to think Enjoy. of them, I've, I've heard others say to think of it as an, an account, you're depositing yeses mm -hmm. and every now and then you need to bank a withdrawal mm -hmm. and that's the no, no. Oh. And my kids will have a meltdown and I'll say, Hey, will you remind me of the yeses today. There you go. Oh, that's solid. Good. Again, stuff. we could do a whole hour just talking. About <laughs> we could. See, we're just going to have you back a whole bunch. Okay. I'm going to ask you one more question. Um, how about, can you recall the biggest boy mess or mishap in your boy raising journey? And I'm sure you've had a few of these. Yeah. Your boys are adventurers. Anytime you can remember them making a big mess, whether inside the house or a mishap somewhere else. Well, I think that I have a harder time with the daily messes than the big messes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Just the, the unceasing mess uh, really, really wears me out. It does. But um, when something breaks, you know, even if it's like a special teapot or a vase, you know, like something that's me mm -hmm. has real meaning to me, I usually yeah. do okay with those things. I'm like, you know what? Mm. This isn't the goal of life anyway. Relationships, right. those things are eternal. This space, not so much. Yeah. Um, so spilled milk. However, however, <laughs> I have this one child who is my youngest, whose name happens to be Asher. And yeah. he has gone through a long season of destructive curiosity. That might be the best way to describe it. <laughs> And it, it was, uh, it started when he was young and, oh goodness, he must've been like maybe five years old when we moved into our latest house. And there were, um, there was a, a can of paint and it was mm -hmm. open because the painters had been working on the outside of the house and he mm -hmm. just picked the paintbrush and started just brushing it up against the front of the house at, not mm -hmm. in the right place or in the right way. And, sure. uh, so that was the first time. And then another time he picked up a saw. So shame on us for leaving a saw within reach of a child. But he yes. he took it to the corner of the house and started sawing a big oh. chunk of the side of the house away. And then he's and so then cute. He, he's, oh, he's just the cutest. Oh, for goodness he's sake. So cute. You can't uh, get mad. And it's, it's not my job to clean up this stuff. This is more in my husband's realm of things. So, right. you know. Uh, anyway, and then and then he found a a, a nail and a, and had that again destructive curiosity of what mm -hmm. would happen if I put this under my mom's tire, so oh, did that oh, and oh. Uh, yeah, but it's I mostly like that term destructive curiosity. That's a good term for it. <laughs> oh, but again, he's just darling, so I could just see. <laughs> you can just see him, yes. Yeah, my, my nine-year-old's going through a little fire curiosity stage where I oh. love to have my fall candles burning because we don't have fall in Hawaii, so I 
burn my pumpkin scented candles and he's always holding something over it going, mom, could I, could I? I'm like, Ooh, no. Yes. Oh, so good. Okay. And then before we close, I would love to hear one piece of wisdom that the Wendy today might speak. If you could look back at yourself when you were just starting off this boy raising journey, something that you might say to encourage yourself and hopefully will encourage some of the other moms out there listening. Oh, goodness. I had so many things that I wish I could sit down and say to my younger self. Mm. Uh, I think the first thing that came to mind was we often encourage each other by saying uh, that the season is short. You know, it's Mm -hmm. a short season. But what I'm learning just about 16 years into this is that, no, it's actually very long. (laughs) It's a lot of... We didn't encourage everyone, Wendy. (laughs) Yeah, wait, I'm Debbie Downer here. It's it's short seasons of potty training and, um, you know, that kind of business. But they're all, it's one right into another. And so this isn't, I've heard it said before, this isn't a sprint. It's a long distance race. And so Galatians 6, 9 is my go-to verse. Mm -hmm. Let us not grow weary in doing good for in due season, we shall reap a harvest if we do not lose heart. Wendy, thank you for just being here with us these last two episodes. I have so enjoyed chatting with you. Oh, this has been a lot of fun. I think these conversations are my favorite, so I'm glad we'll get to have more of them. I agree. And before we hop off, why don't you just tell everyone if they want to track you down right now and find you online or on social media, where can they find you? Sure. Well, of course, Instagram at Wendy Speak or Facebook if you search for Wendy Speak and it's Speak with a E at the end. Mm-hmm. And you'll probably put some of these things in the show notes. But also there's a private Facebook group on Facebook. (laughs) Obviously, that's where you find Facebook (laughs) groups. But um, it's called Gentle Parenting with Amber and Wendy. And we do a lot of this practical stuff there, talking specifically about what our triggers are and how to respond gently to our kids. And finally, because Monica is a homeschooling mom and has a lot of people that follow her, um, I'll be at a lot of the venues in the next two years for great homeschool conventions. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to be there, connect with me. I would love to um, spend some time with you there. Oh, so awesome. Thank you, Wendy. And yes, there will be show notes connecting you to all of these places over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. So Wendy, can't wait till next time already. (laughs) All right. Well, let's make it happen. Bye, everybody. Aloha. Okay, guys. Well, like I had warned you, that end part had some pretty lousy sound, and I do apologize. Someday I will get really smart or hire someone else really smart to help me work out these little technical issues, but I just want to thank you again so much. I hope that something in that conversation was an encouragement to you. I hope that you will share um, this episode with your friends if you know anybody dealing with any of the things we talked about. Um, Wendy and I will still take more Q&As. If you have a question, we I'm sure we'll plan to do more episodes like this in the future. So feel free to send them directly to me in the show notes at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast, or I'm sure Wendy doesn't mind if you track her down and send them her way. We will gather them, collect them, and hop back on together another time. But I just want to thank you for being a part of this community. It means so much to me, and I'm already excited for next week's episode. I've got a great interview and can't wait to share it with you. So have a wonderful rest of your week, and until next time, Aloha.